Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. What's up, everybody? This is um, this is now episode eleven of Mystery Bros. Getting up there. I know. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, that's including a couple episodes that we found recently. Have had some audio issues, I believe. We'll definitely a, go back. Yeah, and we're re- gonna go back and redo those episodes. Um, so, so yeah, we're gonna go back and redo those eventually. But we found there was some sort of mic issue where like the audio kept cutting in and out and. It's it's weird, but anyway, um, so so yeah, we're gonna redo those episodes. If you see that there's some episodes that are mysteriously just missing, that's we're sorry about that. Um, we're gonna redo them and fix it soon. Yes. Um, but today we are doing episode eleven, mm-hmm. which is we're gonna do another little two parter episode. Um, so it's gonna kind of be split into yeah. half, you know. So um, first half we're gonna talk about Amelia Earhart and the mystery uh, behind her disappearance and what happened there. And then for the second half, we are going to talk about the USS. What is it? US Orang Madang. Orang, Orang Madan. Yeah. The SS Orang Madan, which is a super weird, like mystery, dude. It's a crazy story. I actually was playing this video game (laughs) that was based on that. I didn't even know. I thought it was just like a, a creepy, scary video game. Then they made up a story, but apparently, like this is like a true yeah, story. Yeah, based off a true story. It's based off a true story, which is crazy. So I'm excited about that. Um, that's a super uh, weird, yeah. creepy, mysterious one. Um, but first, we're gonna talk about Amelia Earhart, which isn't quite so like scary, or creepy, or anything, but it is still a mystery. Yes, as to what happened to her and where she's at. She's probably just flying around still, right? She's probably just flying around <laughs> right now, right? <laughs> like, I wonder if there, if we might, we might be able to go a whole another episode here without talking about aliens. <laughs> you know? We haven't talked about aliens in a little bit. We didn't talk about them at all in the Zodiac Killer. We didn't talk about them all in. Uh, we did talk about them a little bit in the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant, but it shouldn't have been talked about now. <laughs> We're just a little alien happy. <laughs> we like aliens, all right? Aliens are cool. They right. exist for sure. But, um, but all right, yeah. So let's let's go ahead and get into Amelia Earhart, and then we'll get into the SS Orang Madan. Of course, yeah. The Amelia Earhart, the uh, sweetheart of America, sweetheart of America, also known as the Babe in the Sky. Oh, really? Yeah, that's her nickname, Babe the in the Sky. In the Sky, huh? I know that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be sexist, but that was a, the, the Babe in the Sky sounds like kind of a sexist thing to say. Jeez. This was back in the what fifties? No, dude. This is back in the twenties. Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. This is a long time ago. Okay, yeah. So in nineteen twenty-eight. So excuse the sexism. (laughs) It was just the times. Talk about America. uh, Amelia Earhart. Um, she was a pilot and author. Um, Earhart was the first female aviator to fly. She's an author too. Yeah, she wrote some books. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, we'll go down and read some books later. Yeah, for sure. We should read some Amelia Earhart. Um, yeah, so she was the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, she set many other records. She wrote the best-selling books about her flying experience. Um, she was instrumental uh, in the formation of the 99s, an organization for female pilots. Okay, okay. Um, she was uh, born in uh, Atkinson, Kansas. Um, uh, e- Earhart uh, developed a passion at a young age, um, steadily gaining flying experience um, from her 20s. 
Um, that's where she really got a flying experience. She saw a lot of planes in the sky, and uh, she was very droned. Flying. She was younger. Yeah, when she was younger. Okay. So since we're also like kind of in the uh, coronavirus pandemic, yeah. Um, back in the uh, Spanish flu pandemic of uh, 1918, uh, she lived in Toronto. Um, she was doing her nursing duties that included night shifts at uh, Spadina Military Hospital. Ooh. Uh, she became a patient herself. She caught the Spanish flu? Yeah. Oh. She was hospitalized in early November of 1918, um, discharged in December after about two months of illness. So she caught the Spanish flu and was sick for a couple months? That's where she did some reading, poetry, and learning how to play the banjo, as well as uh, studying mechanics. A lot more than I've done in this quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) And she was sick. Yeah, and she actually had it too. So, so she came. She became very inspired in flying after uh, Charles Lindbergh's solo flight in uh, in the Atlantic in 1927. Okay, he was the first guy to fly over the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. You want to know a crazy story? Yeah, my stepdad's uh, mom. Okay, so yeah, so I guess my step grandma. Um, she's now 103 years old. She uh. Saw She's still alive? Yeah. Ooh. She saw Charles Lindbergh land in 1920s. In, really? In 1927 in Paris. Wow. She was she there, went as, there. She was there as a young kid. That's cool. <laughs> After Charles Lindbergh's solo flight crossed in 1927, um, she expressed interest in being the first woman to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. After deciding the trip was too perilous for her to undertake, she offered to sponsor the project. Suggesting to find another girl with the right image while at work at the afternoon 1928. Earhart got a phone call from Captain Hilton H. Riley, who asked, Would you like to fly over the Atlantic? And that's wow. when her whole fascination of going across the ocean and flying and pursuing her careers really made a difference. That's cool. That's cool. So she. At first, they were like, we need a better looking girl or something. They were like, we want, wow, even back then, they were fucking really shallow. Huh? They're just like, you know, it'd be cool for you to be the first woman to fly across, but you're not that hot. So, how about we find someone that is and we can just pretend that they've been doing this their whole life and want to fucking fly? That's so ridiculous. I can't believe that. But then eventually, they were like, all right, we're going to let her do it. Yeah. I guess we can just. Put some makeup on her and we can you know, <laughs> so stupid. You know, it's black and white photos back then anyway, so you know. Yeah. So in nineteen twenty eight, um she became the first passenger to fly over the Atlantic Ocean, albeit as a passenger. But in nineteen thirty two, um she was the first pilot female pilot to fly over the Atlantic Ocean and onto the um into the Newfoundland, which is in Ireland. Um She's only the second person ever to do that. And she overcame some huge bravery and courage um, on her flight. Um, While she was going on her flight, um, she had leaks in the engine as well as iced wings. And uh, at some point, the engine caught on fire and it was on fumes. So she had to land on fumes. So it just shows her uh, resilience and flying. She's a good pilot. She's a good pilot. Yeah. Um, this is just like some flight she was doing. Yeah. At some point, she had to land because the engine caught on fire. No, this is this is part of her first flight over the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, her first flight. Okay. Yeah. So, so she's very resilient. She can very fly. Wow. 
good, good pilot. Yeah, she's a very good pilot. Um, and then later on, um, she's also the first pilot to fly to Los Angeles, to Newark, cr- crossing the entire country without refueling. First pilot to do that. Wow. So she From had LA to New Jersey, basically. Yeah. Across the uh, country. She wanted to be the first uh, person to fly um, around the world. Um, the f- trip was going to take her over 29,000 miles and over 42 days. Damn. 42 days? Yeah. Okay, this is so her. she wanted to be the first person or the first, first woman? female. Yeah, first okay, female. Okay, the first woman to ever f- fly, around. fly around the entire world oh, yeah. in just one flight? Huh, no, she's gonna stop. She she's had gonna to stop and refuel. She's gonna fly the entire. She's gonna circumnavigate wow. the uh, entire world. That's crazy. So she set off on May twenty first, nineteen thirty seven, with her co pilot and navigator Noonan. Um, they set off Oakland, California, and then looking okay. to were they going across the Pacific or were they going across America first? Oh, going across America okay. first. Um. So on July second. 42 days into her trip, she has about 7,000 mile, 7, miles left to go before she uh, heads back to New York, uh, heads back to California. Um, she was in La New Guinea um, for her flight, and she's supposed to take off and head to Holland Island before her long, massive flight back to uh, California. Um, on her flight... It's supposed supposed to know that their the headwinds were stronger than normal that day. Um, the radio connect the person in the tower um, who's going to supposed to keep in contact with uh, Amelia Earhart was named Harry Bar- Harry Bar- Belford. On the day that she took off, he sent three signals warning her um, that the headwinds are stronger than usual. Better watch out. It might take longer for fuel consumption to do. She, so she might use more fuel because the headwinds are really strong correct. against her. Just be aware of that, basically. Yes. Okay. So that she might be taking up more fuel than usual, so keep a good eye on the fuel gauge. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, um, she never received those messages. Ooh. How did you send those messages? Radio. Oh, okay, okay. However... She responded back, not to those messages, but she said that everything is fine. The speed, she gave her speed, she gave her altitude um, on a radio signal back to Harry Belford. And at that time, everything was fine. Um, And then she mysteriously climbed 10,000 feet, which people don't know why she climbed 10,000 feet. That's really high. Okay. Especially at that time, why she climbed up. Um. A lot of people think maybe she's trying to avoid clouds, trying to fly above the clouds. There might have been a storm in the area. Um, there might have been some. There might have been some reasons she needs to be flying above. You fall just what reasons? Huh? What reasons? So like, like there's storms. So she might. So like, she want to maybe fly, fly above the storm. Like fly, fly That's above like the, the only storm. reason. Right? Mountains, but like it's kind of. Was she over mountains? Not really. Yeah. So. What? Uh, you, oh, here we go. <laughs> ufologists say that she was maybe trying to avoid something. So of she, course, she dude. It was aliens, dude. <laughs> um, then anyways, so... When we're not she even got, 10 minutes in and we talked, we're talking about aliens already. <laughs> um, anyways, she flew up higher than normal. Um, 
the boat. She made contact with the boat Itasca, um, which was near Holland Island. Okay, um, so they were expecting her arrival. Um, the Itasca at one point thought they were so close to the plane that they would see Amelia Earhart. She said, "We must be on you. We cannot see you." And then she and then she replied back, "Gas is running low." Last transmission was at eight fifty three a.m. Um, she, she said, we're in line, uh, we're in the line, 157-3337, which is basically coordinates where she is near mm-hmm. the island. Um, we will repeat this message. We will repeat this on 6210 kilocycles. Wait, wait, that's it. Okay. Last, last message ever. So she said, we will repeat this in 6210 kilocycles. Wait. Last known message that she's ever sent. So she never landed, right? So the, the U.S. sent the biggest fleet ever mm-hmm. search and rescue to try to find Amelia Earhart. Did she, like, when did they lose her on radar? When she jumped the 10,000 feet? Or when was her last, like, rate transmission? Or her last, like, known location? When she gave out the coordinates near the Itasca. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. How long until, like, they figured something was wrong? Well, as soon as she didn't land, they knew that something yeah. was up. And that's just... um, It was one of the most extensive U.S. searches in history back then. They were looking hard for this plane. In wow. fact, they're still looking for this plane. Still? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to find it now, man. <laughs> I think it's... She probably crashed where? Like in an ocean so, or something? here are the theories. Okay. So let's get into the theories. Okay. So theory number one, the most obvious um, answer to this question, the headwing slowed, slowed her down. She was running out of gas. She didn't make it and crashed into the ocean. Okay. Theory number one. All right. Where where was she about? Near Holland Island. So she was near the islands. Where are the Holland Islands? Near New Guinea. Okay, so down by like Australia, yeah. uh, New Zealand area? Yeah, so this is in the Pacific. She disappeared. Okay. How far off the land? What do you mean? That's That's the mystery. That's where we don't know. Okay. We just know she's by the island. That that was where she did she fuel up there or something? Yeah, that was the last that was the last position she was supposed to fuel up before she was supposed to make the long trek back across to, the Pacific. Across Pacific. Damn. And and there were headwinds going against her, yeah. which is gonna make her use more fuel. Skeptics claim though, yeah. Against that theory is that she was an experienced pilot. She would have known like there's there's headwinds. Like she would have been aware of the gas situation. And they're saying that Gas was running low, but she should have easily still made it. Should have made it to the island. She was fully refueled at New Guinea. Yeah. So even if there were heavy headwinds that were making her use a lot more fuel, what do you do if you, uh, like, if she was in the air and she realized like, oh shit, there's some heavy headwinds, I might not make it. Then would you turn? Would she turn around and go back and wait for the headwinds to be done? Is that no? What? She could have been. The task of the boat, she made contact. She could have like told the boat something. 
Like, I guess I have to do water landing over here. Land on the boat? Well, why do a water landing near the boat? I feel like you would just turn around and go back if you realize the headwinds are, you know what I mean? Yeah. But she right? didn't. I know, but I'm just saying that that would be the move, right? If you mm-hmm. if you realize that if it's too late, if you're in the air and you're you realize, oh shit, there's like some heavy headwinds I did not account for and I might not have enough fuel to get all the way there, and say you're only like a third of the way, then you just turn around, right? Turn around, go back, wait for the headwinds to end, refuel again. Yeah. You know, keep moving type of thing. Try it again the next day. Right? I feel like that's the move. And and unfortunately, she didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, so either she thought she was going to have enough fuel to make it, so she just kept going. Or she didn't realize there was headwinds, but you think that she's an experienced pilot. They yeah, would know. She, she would know. She would know. So that's why a lot of people are debating that. Like, oh, she just ran out of gas in the ocean. She's like an experienced pilot. She had like she had engines fuming once at the ocean. Uh, yeah, when yeah, she crossed the Atlantic, like she should know if she's in danger. She should have like reported it. She reported it last time. Why did she report it this time? Yeah. What are some other theories? Well, and something damaging about the theories too. I mean, we still—they still have not found the plane. Um, yeah, they've been they, searching. But the for, thing is, it could be at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Well, they've I mean. been then since 2017. They've been doing some deep sea scanning, searching. Really, and they can't find any evidence of the plane. But it's there's a huge ocean. There. I know. It I'm could saying, have moved like it's a plane. It's not a ship. So I know. It could I'm have just, floated away before it sunk. Type of thing. You know what I mean? I know. I'm just saying they've yeah, done some deep sea expeditions and they have not found the plane. Yeah. Theory number two. That doesn't surprise me, though. That doesn't lead me to think, oh, some aliens took it or it's gone, it disappeared. It doesn't surprise me they haven't found it. Oceans are fucking huge. Uh, According to aviators, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. What, they haven't found it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Second thing is she went to, uh, she was a castaway on a nearby island, Nikimo Roro. When she realized she was... um, Losing fuel, she decided she she went off course to the nearest land, and that would have been Nikimo Romo. It's a small atoll. Mm-hmm. Um, what they found there, a British colonial in 1939 found evidence of a fire, a sextant, and a partial human skeleton on that island. On that, that island. Atoll? On the atoll. Is there civilizations on that atoll? No. There's, no, it's just, it's abandoned kind it's of? It's abandoned. Oh, okay, okay. So he found a piston? A sexton. What is that? Like one of those like things that you can like, like, like find out your, um, where you are, oh, location, like a navigation tool. I see. Okay, navigation okay, tool. Okay. And the bones, so they did um, some analysis on the bones. But they said no, this can't be them. It belonged to a, man, a short man, so he uh, threw the, threw the uh, bones away. So it's like it ate them, trash them. Mm. Um, however, they've been doing some more photo analysis on the uh, pictures, and they said, said that it could the bones could have been to a uh, could have been to a larger than normal uh, female, which she was. She was five seven, so she's a little bigger than average female. Okay. Could have been those, but. Since yeah, back in the 30s, 5'7 was probably really tall yeah. for a girl. But that was tall for a man, I think, back then, honestly, wasn't I, it? I'm 5'7. 
Yeah, but back then people were shorter. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm shorter. <laughs> Anyways, so when they did the analysis, but since since the doctor threw away the effing bones, we can't do we can never do it for DNA testing or anything because the bones are gone. So yeah, there goes anyways to uh, ever find that mystery out. How what it? So they just looked at the bones and said, "Oh, these are from a man." Yeah, back then there's no DNA testing, so you just, oh yeah, these are man. It's not them. Throw them okay, away. toss them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's stupid. And we can't go back and find any more of those bones. They, they collected them. He burned them. them. He burned them? Yes. Why? That's so silly. Okay. So that's a possibility that she landed on that island, but there's no sign of the plane or anything? So there's a picture looking like there's a tail, like a tail coming out of the water of the picture near the island. Um, And they're saying that the landing gear, the radio... Apparently, after Amelia Earhart uh, disappeared, so many radio people were like, "Oh, I heard Amelia Earhart! Like she's she's lost, she's stranded. We need to help!" Like they got in so many reports. Um, there's one credible report near the island. Um, someone picked up named Betty Clank had a ham radio. Mm-hmm. Um, she heard a female voice say, "This is Amelia Earhart. Help me!" The voice the voice was arguing with a male voice. Um, and then she said, "The water's knee deep." Let me out. So Who's the man she was arguing with? Her, um, her uh, navigator, Billy Noonan. He was with her. Yes, they both disappeared. The funny thing is, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know there was someone else with her. <laughs> yeah, the navigator. Does anybody know that? Yeah. I feel like nobody even knows that. I did not know <laughs> that until you literally just said it. That she had. There was another person with her who died yeah. and disappeared too. Yeah, the navigator. Wow. They just don't really ever mention that in the stories of Amelia Earhart, I feel like. <laughs> That's crazy. No, her navigator went missing too. Um, so that one, so they reported it, but the uh, the Coast Guard didn't take it seriously because they heard like, they've literally heard like, oh, I heard Amelia Earhart here. Why do they think this one is real? Because it's by the island. It's it would be mm. It's close. Okay, it's close to the... Yeah. Okay. Imaromo. So that's why they think this one could be legit. If she's telling the truth, if she actually heard that. But none of this is recorded or anything, because back then, yeah, they didn't have any of that stuff, right? Yeah. Back in 1939, this guy found a shoe on the island. Okay. And it had the uh, Cat's Paw Rubber Company on it. Cat's Paw Rubber Company? Yeah. Okay. On the shoe. And that's a shoe that Amelia Earhart is wearing in one of her photos, but it belongs to a size nine. And she doesn't wear a size. She nine. doesn't wear a size nine. So that's probably like a. Little, I think I've heard that story before. Yeah, yeah they found a shoe, and it's yeah, but it doesn't match her size. Yeah, so that can't be hers. Then. They also found the aluminum on on the island from a plane, but both experts, um, the person who worked on Amelia Earhart's plane. Uh, disproved that 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 was from Amelia Earhart's plane. So there's that theory that she uh, cast away on Kimu Romo, but she had no way to contact anybody, so she couldn't like. Yeah. Back then, like she got stranded there, and she was basically stuck there. And, right? a, and apparently, there's a lot of deadly things on that island, yeah. so you're not gonna survive past, not gonna survive long. 
a lot of like deadly snakes and spiders and shit. Crabs that eat you. Crabs that eat you, dude. Can you imagine being eaten by crabs? Well, like that's got to be the worst would, thing ever. You'd be dead by then. They they would just eat your yeah, dead body. Yeah. What if you got super? What if you got injured or something? Or there's like these. I don't know, there has to be a lot of crabs. These, like these aren't like huge, like gigantic. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> if you got bit by some weird poisonous snake that just like. The venom just like paralyzes you, and then you just get eaten alive and, by and, crabs. And you see like a hundred crabs coming yes, at you. You can't move. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. All right, that's the worst. Yeah, that's probably the worst way to die: be eaten alive by crabs. So that's what could have happened to Amelia Earhart. Okay. Um. So let's get into some of the. Uh, let's get into some of the more juicy theories, shall we? The weirder ones. Yeah. So the next theory that is that she was a pilot slash spy. Theory goes that she was actually helping the U.S. military at this time. What she was going to do is, is she was going to be secret, and she was going to dump her plane on the nearby Marshall Islands um, and land there and then do some reconnaissance because the Marshall Islands – or belonged to the Imperial Japanese. Um, this was right before World War II, so this was the Japanese Empire okay. that owned the Marshall Islands. Um, and she was going to spy on the Japanese, and the U.S. would pick her up on the reconnaissance flight. She was a spy for uh, the U.S. Um, and people who acknowledge this theory are the inhabitants of, of Malaysia. They have long, long have said that they've seen her plane land here, and that's where her has been and that's where she is okay so she landed and yeah. then w- what happened was that she got captured so she didn't the u.s never did reconnaissance fly and picked her up and they knew who she get captured by the japanese oh. right yeah oh. that's crazy so they think she may have been captured by japanese and they thought that she was a spy yeah they think that she was killed? Well, there's two parts of the theory. Okay. One theory says that she was let out after war. She got a different name and changed it to Irene Bowman. Mm. And she lived the rest of the life as, out as Irene Bowman. Uh, Bowman is known, sued the book, sued a couple publishers for like promoting this theory. Saying that she was okay. that she was Amelia Earhart, <laughs> and a lot of people said there's not much similarities there. Yeah, <laughs> could you imagine someone accusing you for so being they just someone accused else? That yeah, Irene, this girl Irene Bowman. Yeah, what is she? Does she look? She doesn't look like it. Would she, she, looks, be the she, same looks, age? she looks like she looks like Amelia Earhart a little bit, but like is some, she like same age kind of like and her mysteries kind and her and her past kind of a mystery. Oh. Or why do you need to go undercover? Why didn't you just switch your name? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The other theory is that she was, the plane went down. She got captured by the Japanese. The, the plane went down in the ocean. She got captured by the Jap, Or like the plane went down in the ocean or she got captured by Japanese somehow. And they killed, and they killed her and Noonan. Um, supporting this theory is U.S. Thomas, uh, U.S. U.S. Sergeant Thomas. Um, he's in 1944 on the island of Saipan. Said he saw the plane 
um, of Amelia Earhart, and it was destroyed by Japanese authorities before we could get there. Okay. It says the plane was there. So another theory is the Japanese have killed killed Amelia Earhart. However, there's no record on the Japanese side that this ever happened. I see. Who made up these theories? Who's saying this? A U.S. Sergeant Thomas. Okay. Hmm. Claims, There's not really much to back that up, though, right? No. So he says, "Yeah, I maybe saw the plane. Japanese, Japanese people or something. This guy. <laughs> Japanese burn. Yeah, Japanese burn the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just has a grudge against Japanese people. Yeah. So it's definitely another theory of what happened to uh, Amelia Earhart. I think it's just kind of strange that they haven't found the plane in such a long time. Yeah, that is weird. You know." But although I guess no, I was saying earlier, I don't really think that's too crazy because the ocean's fucking huge, man. And it could have say even if it crashed in the Pacific, just the way currents work and like it's a plane, not a boat, so it wouldn't you know it's quite not quite as big. It might not sink right away, like and it could get carried. It could be anywhere. You know what I mean? I feel like it could be anywhere. Definitely, it definitely could be. But just it's just a mystery that like we've. Like, a lot of research has been done trying to find this plane. We can't find it. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. You know, our next topic is also pretty fucking weird. Uh, we're going to be talking here about the SS Orang Madan. Oh, yeah. This, this is a pretty crazy uh, incident that happened pretty soon after the war. Yeah, yeah, this was in, what, it was in June of 1947? Or 48, depending on the newspaper source. Depending on what you read. Huh? So, so it just comes out. a little mysterious, right? Yeah, so it just comes out that the Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard in 1952 came out with the story. That's how we pretty much know about it. Okay. Okay, that's what it came from? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, man, it's super interesting. Like, the story goes, uh, in June 1947... They, uh, what was it? Was it Dutch who received the Morse code? Um, so they're on the, the Straits of Malacca. Okay. And they sent a Morse code signal to all the nearby uh, ships in the Strait. Oh, okay. And a ship heard the Morse code signal. And the Morse code signal yes. went SOS from Orang Madan. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole crew dead. That's and that's an eerie <laughs> message to get, right? In the fucking as an SOS. I mean, that's that was what they heard. That's I'm crazy. I'm sure that they were just like, "What the fuck?" Right? Yeah. Like, could you imagine getting that that fucking message? Like, you're reading Morse code, and that's what you. Get. I'd be You'd like, I, be like, are you sure I translated that right? I would probably be more like, I never heard this. I'm not gonna go investigate that. Oh, yeah, you would just say fuck them. <laughs> oh. That's that's not good. Uh, that would be very eerie to get yeah. that message. That's that was sure. definitely very strange. Like that would definitely be like, Ooh, what is this? I'll be on the alert, red alert. Yeah, you gotta let let somebody know real quick. Um, but so so they, I think that there was like what twenty minutes in between, and they got another message, and the last message just said, "I die," which is really which is even worse. Creepy. It's even more creepier than the original message. Um, weird, man. That's, Super weird. I, if I got that kind of message, 
That means like what happened that like everyone just got wiped out. I'd probably think of like a pirate attack. Yeah, right. You would think of there had to be some sort of attack. This was also in 1947, so like it's right after the war had ended. So like you could think maybe they were being attacked by like some, you know. There's you know, <laughs> side note. You know, there's still like some people from Japan on islands that think that World War Two is still going on and they're like still fighting and shit. Really? Yeah. There's there's a few. It's a crazy story. I gotta go look that we up. Could, we could look into that at some point, but. What if like it was one of those crazy like J- Japanese boats that like didn't know that like the fight was over and they started attacking or something? You know, like that's what I would probably think if I heard that. I'd be like, "What's going on? Ships in trouble. What what could be happening?" Right. You know. But yeah, there actually are. There's still people on like islands in the Pacific that think the war is still going on, or at least this this was up until like the 70s and 80s. Like they found people. Oh yeah, probably now Evans. Probably I don't know about now me, still, but yeah. there were still up until like the eighties. I can see that, but I don't think anymore. I feel like it's a little. It's still like forty years. What what yeah. makes that any different than like sixty? <laughs> right now it'd be about. Right now it's almost a hundred years. It's like eighty, ninety-ish years yeah. since the war. So since it's over, it'd be like eighty something, but. But yeah, so that's weird. So they heard they just get that super creepy message. The first one, basically saying like everyone in the boat's dead, possibly the whole crew, and then they get another one that just says "I die." Yeah. So that is super creepy. Um, and then obviously they they wasn't it some Dutch uh, Dutch military or something? They triangulated the source. Yeah. Yeah. So so some Dutch military captains they uh, triangulated the source. And yes, Silver Star, uh, they were the closest one, and they uh, eventually located the ship. Yep, yep. So they found the ship. Um, it was in the Indian Ocean, right? Right. And when they called out to it, it looked normal. Like, it doesn't look like any damage from the outside. Yeah, it was weird. It just it looked just like a floating ship. Basically, they said, right? It was just kind of floating there. There was no signs of stress or anything. It wasn't on fire. No, there was no, no signs of stress. No sign of struggle. Yeah, it was it was just really weird. So they were like, "Huh, what's uh, what's going on here?" Um, so once they finally located it, they boarded it. Um, it was, and it was basically like everyone was just dead. Everyone was just lying where they were, dead, frozen, like they were yeah, trying they to were fend like, something off. Yeah, that's that's the weird part about it. Is they say that they were lying dead, like frozen in like frightened poses yeah. and like strange poses that don't make any sense. Like almost like there was like some force, like, you know, they saw themselves about to die. Like they saw some monster come up yeah. again and like their faces were just frozen. Like, like that. that. Like shock. really strange. And they were, and, um, even the weren't dog they kind of like, they were like stiff. Like they were in rigor yeah, they were mortis. Stiff. They were stiff. They were very stiff. And yes. they like, just like frozen that position, like they just like yeah <gasps> froze. It says their bodies were found sprawled on their backs, um, the frozen and allegedly badly frightened faces of the deceased upturned to the sun above, with mouths gaping open and eyes staring straight ahead, with the corpses resembling horrible caricatures. That was a, a clip from the Wikipedia article. So that's, that's pretty crazy. crazy. You know what? And it's it's weird. Like, what could you? And they said even when they went to the captain's room, um, 
it looked like the crew was barricading themselves. They were something. barricading themselves in, sort of. Yeah, so it looked like. Yeah. And they also said that um, in the boiler room, where it gets sometimes over 170 degrees, um, they found a chill in the air, and even they couldn't escape the freezing. Look. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I remember seeing that, like, they said that, like, the temperature in the room was, was really hot. Like, it Not was, like, like 170. Probably it was more like 130, I would guess. It's still pretty hot. Yeah. They said the temperature in the room was really hot, but they felt a chill, chill yeah. in the room, which is interesting. Um, one of the people on the rescue boat, it said all people, all people dead found frozen in fear, um, arms outstretched and looked like they were frightening. It looked like they were fighting something. So that's, what were they fighting? It's crazy. Yeah. Like what could they be fighting? You know, weird, weird, weird. Sea monsters exist after all. Yeah. Um, we haven't really gone to many sea monsters. Sea monsters have not been mentioned on uh, Mystery Bros. Really? No, we haven't talked much about that. We should. Aren't we gonna? We should do an episode on like cryptozoology, and we'll talk about like the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. Like, so far, we haven't really talked much about sea monsters. No. I'm not even sure if we will here. I don't think that's a, a theory. I don't think that's a theory. But um, <laughs> you're I looking th- at me like it is. I think it's a theory. What else? What else would they be fighting off? How are they all just frozen dead then? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like it's like a it's like a what like it comes out from the water instead of freezing fire like instead of breathing fire it's like a like a dragon that like oh yeah for sure <laughs> spits out ice yeah definitely that makes sense of course you, we just figured it out it was it's a frozen ice, ice dragon <laughs> <laughs> we uh, solved the mystery anyway, I don't anyway, know oh my anyway. god let's go home Evan. anyway continuing <laughs> um, all the people on the that were on the rescue boat, they couldn't really find, like, there was no cause of death. Like, nobody was, like, stabbed or shot or no wounds, really, right? It was just, they were just dead. And there's no Um, damage to the boat itself. Yeah. Um, One thing that they did notice is that the corpses were were all kind of decomposing much faster than than they they should have naturally. Like, when they got the, the Mayday signal, the SOS... To when they found the boat, it's like they shouldn't they shouldn't have been decomposed no. that much, which is strange. Like maybe there's, you know, we'll get into later some theories, but you know, chemicals that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so they were they were decomposing much faster than, um, than they think. Yeah, or than they should have been. Which they is should have been. It's just definitely crazy. Yeah, super weird. So yeah, yeah. Basically, like we said, no. Sur- there was literally no survivors. Even the person that gave the mayday signal, they went into the into the like room communications and it like room, it like the radio like, room, and yeah, and he was just he was like dying, there, dead yeah. on it, um, which is crazy. Yeah, and you were saying before there was even a dog that yeah. was that had the same fate. He was just frozen dead. Mm-hmm. And but when we say frozen, we don't mean like cold, like actually frozen, frozen. We mean like Stiff. stuck in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were just like. Frozen in time, basically, is yeah. what it seemed like. They, and they were very stiff from rigor mortis and stuff. So they, they looked around the whole ship. Um, like we said, they noticed that there were some areas on the ship that were like, they were ve- like temperature wise, they were normal. They were even, even a little bit hot, but there was like, you could feel chills. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, what is that? What could that be? You know? Yeah, something God. cold. Yes, it's strange. It's strange. 
Um, Maybe they had like a bunch of cores light on the ship and like the fridge <laughs> opened up and they couldn't handle that Rocky Mountain cores <laughs> like yeah. cold fresh beer. <laughs> I wonder if Coors Light was around back then. Maybe that's where Coors Light started. <laughs> Maybe they were carrying the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret to Coors Light. It was Yeah. Anyway. It killed a whole boat full of people because it was so cold. That's why they have the cold activated cans now, so you can tell if it's too cold or not. Anyway. Um, so, so they check out the whole ship, can't really find anything. They didn't really go over the whole, whole ship, but they like did a nice sweep. They found like tons of weird frozen dead bodies, like couldn't figure out what was going on. They wanted to bring um, it back to port. Yeah, for they wanted to bring it back. So they decide that they're going to try and tow it back to the port to do a more inv- of an investigation. And while they were towing it, you know, they, they basically... Tie the the rope to it, get it get it uh, tied onto their ship, and right when that happens, a fire breaks out, right in one of the lower decks, mm-hmm. right one of the engine rooms. Um, a fire breaks out, and and there's a big explosion, and it basically the the ship sunk after that. You know they they barely had time to untie it from their ship before it. Yeah, apparently something from the boiler room went off. Yeah, something in the boiler room caught fire, exploded, um, and then the ship sank. Sank down to the bottom. Yeah. Definitely strange. It's one of the strangest stories that is out there. It's one of the creepiest stories, if true. It sucks. It sucks that we can't. We didn't get a chance to investigate it more. You know what I mean? We we would have known. I bet you if they could tow it back to... Uh, some port and do some investigation. They could have figured out what happened, like some sort of chemical or something. Right. Something. We're going to get into some theories, but without going too deep into them, like they could have, you know, done some sort of tests and figured out what caused that to happen. Right. If they would have had a chance to tow it back. Yes. Yeah. It's just a little convenient too that, uh, Oh, can't tow it back. It just just sunk. Exploded. Yeah, you know that's what that's what uh, you know skeptics would say is like, oh, it's so convenient that it just happened to to sink and there's no evidence of it, blah blah. blah. Which you know, you're right, you're right, you're right. It sucks, but sometimes shit happens. Um, the reason that this has even been brought up and stuff is because wasn't there there was a letter written to the director of the CIA back in the fifties, right? No, so the CIA director's assistant wrote this letter in uh, May 29th, 1958. Okay. Um, so do you want me to read the letter? Yeah. So he says, I sent you a letter concerning the crews disappearing from the ship on the high seas or ships which have disappeared without a trace. Well, I have just read a weird story concerning the Dutch vessel SS Orang Medang. I will Medan. In- Medan. Orang Medan. Goes on to say, um, I will be indeed grateful for your opinion of this story. Also, do you think something from the unknown is involved? But this was this was the assistant director of the CIA. Yes. And Hold on, but, let me just read the ending of it. Okay. So it goes on to say, um, I feel sure that the SS Rangwidan tragedy holds the answer to many of these 
airplane accidents, and unsolved mysteries of the sea. Also, I have often thought about the many sightings of huge fairy ships, uh, from huge spheres rising from the sea, or disappearances into the sea, by ships and captains and crew in 18 and 19th centuries. In the 18th and 19th centuries, um, there are alarming passages in the old chronicles written in the medieval Latin and Latin um, books printed before the year 15 AD, which suggested that these fiery spheres caused destruction and that they came from within our planet. For instance, in the 216 BC, things like ships were seen in the sky over Italy. In Sardinia, a knight was making his rounds Inspecting the post, the same thing happened. In Rome, a soldier in Sicily saw their javelins' flames burn in their hands. And a round shield was seen in the sky. Also, in 1067 AD, people saw a fire that flamed and burned fiercely into the sky. It came near the earth, and from the little time Brilliant lit up afterwards. It revolved and ascended into a high and then ascended to the sea. In several places, it burned woods and plains. Yes. The enchanted sea was terrifying. Sugar does it hold. I feel sure that the SS Orangmadang tragedy holds the answer to the secret. So he thinks it's these yellow spheres that have something to do with this incident. This was the... This was the assistant director to the CIA. Yeah. But, and didn't they like, once they released this, they redacted who it was sent to. Yes, though? We don't know who it sent to. We so don't, we don't know. know who they sent this to. Like there's an ordinary person reading this kind of seems like, Oh, this CIA guy's a little out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's, this is the whole reason that anyone really knows about this. Right. Or the, or anyone no, the U S coast guard that, this is, it gives There's more, a few news articles that came out back then, right? Well, the U.S. Coast Guard's official one, the first show, like there's just newspaper. It was in newspaper articles, uh-huh. but the U.S. Coast Guard was the uh, one who came out with the story. Okay, okay. So what a lot of people have trouble with, it's not on any of the um, ship records. Yes, I've heard that. Like they they don't see the arrangement on any ship records, but isn't there? Weren't they like sort of kind of considered like a smuggling ship? Yes, something. they said like since they were chemi- uh since they were uh the, doing the chemicals um yes from the Jap- Japanese that it was maybe like a top secret or like classified ship that was not on any public records. Yes. And that would make sense why the FBI director would be writing this letter because mm-hmm. he knows that this actually happened. Like they have records of this. Yeah. It's just not public size. Military knows, but yeah. they just didn't put it out publicly because it was possibly doing some shady stuff. Yes which is what we're going to get into now um, as to some theories of what may have happened to the crew. Yes, stuff. definitely. And the silver, like people also tried to like say the silver star never existed. That actually was a ship. And yeah. It was named actually, something else at the time, wasn't it? It was yes. named the Santa Juana. Um, and then once a, an American company bought the ship, yeah, they changed the name to the, the SS silver, silver star. star. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a crazy situation. So we'll get into some theories about what may have possibly happened to the crew and, and what happened to the ship. So um, as we said, a lot of people believe the Orang Madan uh, might have been involved in some smuggling operations, um, particularly in chemicals, substances like that, 
you know, secret stuff that different armies were, were trying out as possible chemical warfare back then. Cause man, dude, World War II, there was some really crazy like chemical and biological like, yeah. warfare going on in World War II. It was pretty nasty. I'm pretty sure after that, they like came up with these rules of like stuff that you can and can't use during war. We're getting off topic. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people thought it was involved in some smuggling operations of chemical substances. Um, a couple of things that have been suggested, the combination of uh, potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin, um, or even like certain types of nerve agents, because that's the kind of stuff that they were, they were experimenting with back then in the 40s. I mean, it would definitely explain like, I guess it's a crazy look, but like their shock of fear, like that's... Yeah, chemical. You think that's the result well, of the chemical? Well, hold on. Let me continue. Um, so, so yeah. So, according to some of these theories, um, seawater uh, would have entered the ship's hold and um, reacted with with the cargo, which released uh, toxic gases, which then caused the crew to succumb to um, asphyxia and or poisoning. Um, which which could possibly like. Yeah, if you're if you're inhaling some a crazy nerve agent, you're gonna like get off. You know, like you would be in like a, a fucked up position. Now, as far as they're saying, like it looked like they were like trying to fight something off. You know, maybe that's a little weird. But who knows what happens when you die? Like, yeah, you know what I mean. If you're dying from inhaling some weird chemical, you might like, uh, you know what I mean. You could get into a position where it looks like you're trying to fight something off. I mean, there's there's a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of theories within that. Like I said, there was like potassium cyanide, nitroglycerin, because those were common at the time. Um, another theory is that they think the ship may have been transporting a special nerve gas, um, which the Japanese military had been storing, uh, to, and they basically, some stuff that they used on China during the war and stuff. Um, but it was handed over to the U.S. military at the end of the mm-hmm. war because they lost, and we were we were like, "Hey, you can't have that," so we're taking it. Um, and it could have been some some of that kind of stuff that was in there, and then got loose. Like basically, obviously, you have you have to subscribe to the fact that something happened and it got released. You know? What oh I mean? yeah, something definitely. Because that's yeah, yeah. It's not like they were. I don't think anyone's suggesting that like they were used. It was used on them. I think that they're suggesting that they were storing it and it just got loose or got right somehow they believe we may have been transporting a special type of nerve gas that the Japanese military had um, and that they had used on China at some point. Uh, the Japanese military had some like crazy, they've done some effed up shit. Yeah. Some really messed up like chemical stuff that they were doing during the war. And they had this like one, you think Dr. Mangala was bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the Japanese had some pretty bad stuff too, um, and and they were doing some crazy experiments on people, and the, and they think that uh, there may have been some sort of nerve agent that they were using, um, and they were storing, and they said that they had to hand this over to the U.S. military because the war had ended and they lost, but that no uh, no U.S. ship could transport this because there would be a paper trail of that. You know, they they wouldn't they don't want people to know that they had these chemicals. Definitely. So that's why, like, there's not, there's no, like, re- like, no, no, um, no public record of the ship. Which yeah, that's make sense. why there's no public record of the ship, and um, there, so there was no paper trail. And then, 
those chemicals, you know, got loose. Um, and then there's there's another theory basically saying like carbon monoxide. Because um, apparently there, the theory that um, an undetected smoldering fire or malfunction in the ship's boiler system may have been responsible for the shipwreck, which meant um, there was some sort of problem with the with the with the fire and carbon monoxide was coming out and would have caused the deaths of all aboard. The fire slowly spreading out of control, leading to the vessel's ultimate destruction. You know, because it eventually exploded and sunk. So they're saying that maybe it was just some sort of fire down in like the one of the rooms that they weren't like they didn't notice it and it just so much carbon monoxide built up then got released out into the ship. Everyone like died from it and then Fire like, eventually exploded. That one's a little strange. I think. It, I think if you're asking me, I think it has more to do with some strange chemicals that they were carrying that, that got loose. You know, that's that's definitely some stuff. I definitely want to know how the CA got to the fireball theory. Yeah. Also, real quick, one of uh, just to go a little more in depth. Um, some people have even said that they they know the chemical that they think it was. It was called uh, Tobin or Tabin, which is an extremely toxic nerve nerve agent that the Japanese and the Germans were using in World War II and did a lot of experiments with and or uh, attacks using. Uh, so it this, could have been Tabin. It could this have been Tobin, released, yeah. That they were just taking. They were taking it from the Japanese, uh, smuggling it back to America. But it's interesting that the uh, party, like the surviving, like the uh, party search party, didn't come out, didn't like have any gas detected yeah. when they came in. Yeah, you're right. That does that is kind of interesting. That must have dissipated. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible that it could have been just like a really big boom, and they kind of just yeah, maybe it, it slowly leaked out and it filled the ship, killed everybody, and then kind of dissipated, went mm-hmm. away by the time that. People got there. I mean, they were even they were even saying that like some rooms felt like there were there was a chill or something like that could have just been like after effects of it. You know what I mean? Basically, the main knock on this is that the the SS Orang Madan does not show up in any shipping records. Yeah, but and that it just happened to explode and sink before they could bring anything back, get any sort of evidence. Yeah, which sucks. I wish, oh, I wish it would have never sank, man. You know, I wish that could have been cool. God, if we could have like, it wouldn't have been as mysterious. I think we would have figured out what happened. So it would have just been a cool story, or not a cool story, but like it would have been a really interesting story Story. about like some chemicals or whatever ended up happening. But still, I also find interesting that this letter was classified for such a long time. Yeah, when did the letter be released? When when was the letter released? Two thousand three. 2003 is when the letter finally was released. Okay. In 1959, so over 40 years. Wow. Long time that that letter was. Yeah, man. I mean, what do you think it was? Do you think it had anything to do with uh, the mysterious fireballs in the sky that the CIA (laughs) director talks about? Or do you think it was chemicals? Or do you think it was something else? Maybe carbon monoxide? I think... If it isn't on any shipping records, it would have to be chemicals. I think they'd have to be smuggling something. Um, but what I do find compelling is why would the CIA director like 
think that it would be like a fireball incident or something. He knows. Why would he talk about that? He would only know. He would, he knows if the incident, the CIA would know if the incident actually happened or not since it was a U.S. such ship. Yeah, definitely. So, so we do know if, if the, if the story's true or not. Like it's either in our, like one of our classified ship like records or it's not. And I just think it's like, I don't know if I believe the whole, the fireball thing that that has anything to do with it. I think that with the, with the fireball in the sky, like they're kind of talking about aliens, right? Or like UFOs or something. Yeah. That's basically what they're talking about, which, which I'm not saying is silly because obviously we believe in aliens and UFOs, all that kind of stuff. But I just don't think that it had anything to do with this situation. I think this situation can be explained better with chemical, some sort of chemical reaction, some sort of chemical release. You don't, you don't very often hear like about like UFO encounters where like everybody just is like frozen dead in, in time. You know what I mean? Like that usually isn't the way that goes. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't think that, that the UFOs or aliens had anything to do with this. Well, it could have been that they maybe went on this theory is that they, that when they looked at the ship records or what the ship actually contained, that maybe like all this gas theory is just like some theory that we made up. They might have not been carrying like any toxic chemicals. So they might have been looking for another explanation. But I'm saying maybe they found that there's no way that this was carrying maybe. these kind of chemicals. So they like maybe. So that's why they came up with the other theory. With another the theory. CIA guy. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting story. I wish Definitely. that I wish we could have figured. I it out. I wish there's like a little more evidence to go. I off know, of. I know. So there's also like another damning thing about it is like there's a similar story uh, floating around in 1940, except it was in the Solomon Islands. So somebody said like they could have copied the story, but it's really strange that the U.S. like came the U.S. Coast Guard came out with the stories. That's how a lot of people know yeah. about it in the 50s. So that is strange that the U.S. itself came out with the story. Yeah. I think it's hard to say it didn't happen when you're right. There's the U.S. Coast Guard coming out the story, and there's a it's mentioned directly in this letter written from a CIA the assistant director, the assistant to, director to the CIA, yeah. written to no one knows. It's it's classified who that was written aliens to. <laughs> <laughs> written to George Bush from the future. <laughs> it was written to the lizard people. Yeah, David yeah it was written to the lizard people. <laughs> It was written to President Trump. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, so it's it's just like, it's hard to say it didn't happen because there's so many there's so many things about it. If it, it didn't that, happen, then why would the U.S. CIA would have any interest in it? Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why would anybody in the CIA written about it? Yeah. You know, so it's it's crazy. You never know really what happened. It's It's strange. I wish that... I think, but there is, I guess there is a way to prove it. It's just hard. Oh. Go find the boat. Go find the boat. Yeah, but that, you don't even becomes, know where. You don't even know where it's sank. There's no location. Yeah, that, that becomes impossible in some situations. Like, go finding something in the ocean. Yeah. That's like. That's especially all, if you don't even know where it went. It, yeah. Yeah, you don't even know exactly where it was when it sank. You don't even know. Like, like it's like, there. that's basically impossible. You know, it's like saying, let's, let's walk through the, like, we're, someone's going to put like a, a penny somewhere in the city of Detroit. And they're like, go find that penny. 
You know, we think it was somewhere on this street, but we're not really sure. Go find it. You know, that's basically. We'll give you all Metro Detroit. Yeah, yeah. The entire downtown area, There, there's a penny in there somewhere, so you go find it. There's plenty of other pennies around there, but we want this specific penny. All right, we want. So it's it's just, it's tough. Like, that's not, that's impossible. Maybe in the future be to... we'll be able to map out the seafloor. Yeah. And find everything that's down there. Yeah, maybe someday we'll come up with some sort of technology that can That'd just, be like, cool. Imagine what's up there. I hope we can do that someday where we can just find like a crashed UFO. We'll find ship so much weird shit. I feel like if water. we can, yeah, if we can ever come up with a way to just like completely map out the entire bottom of the oceans, you know, that we'd find some crazy shit. Yeah, like that. that'd be crazy. Like old ships, like lost ships. Oh, one day, man. What did we? It would be crazy if, like, some of the mysterious ships that, like, have, like, been missing and we mapped out the ocean and they still weren't there. That would be... Yeah, that would be... That would be, be like, okay, cool. then where are they? We mapped out the whole ocean. Yeah. Like, the, like the Bermuda, some of the Bermuda Triangle ships and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's like, okay, where the fuck are <laughs> Yeah, man. It's, it's just crazy, man. The Orang Madan. I mean, I've been I'm playing this video game. It's called The Man of Madan. It's actually pretty cool. It's one of those games where you like, you don't actually play, but you kind of like make choices and like make, and it like, it's like a, it's basically like playing a movie. It's kind of fun. And I've been playing this and it's about that. And at first, like I said, at first I didn't even realize that that was a true story. I thought it was just made up by the video game, but like a lot of it is actually true. So yeah. Um, I mean, both of these things are really interesting. The, you know, Amelia Earhart is, it's, it's a big mystery. Like what happened to her, where she's at, yeah, you know, what what eventually happened? I, it's, it's what crazy. happened to the babe in the sky? Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, and then the Orang Madan is just creepy, very creepy, mysterious. Like what? they should definitely make a movie off this. They like, should. Yeah, be... I, I wonder if they have actually. I wonder if they made it. Maybe not like a Hollywood big time movie, but I bet you they made some sort of movie. Yeah, I'm sure, but there's no. I feel like. If they made like a big Hollywood movie, I would go see it. Like I'd make it like a, it. like a CIA kind of like investigation. Like they find people on the ship, make it all mysterious. Yeah, like, what happened? Yeah, have like people like try to solve the. And mystery. they can even have it end differently. They can come up with an ending where they figure out what ha- you know or something like yeah. that. They can, yeah, but um, that would be super interesting. Uh, Hollywood, get on that, please. I guess <laughs> no one can make movies right now during the during the lockdown. But yeah, I would for sure go see a movie about the Orang Madan. Um, but yeah, both of these are just super interesting. Um, some crazy mysteries. As usual, we'll never know what happened mm-hmm. in, in either of them. You just got to live life not knowing. And um, yeah, so I think um, next week, do we have anything planned for? What we're we going to we're gonna do Ancient Egypt. Oh, yeah, we're going to redo our Ancient Egypt episode. Um, because that was episode two, but we had some issues with the mic. So we're going to go ahead and redo that episode and just talk about the Sphinx and how the uh, pyramids were mainly, built. Yeah. Mainly we're going to focus on the Sphinx and the pyramids and like how they were built, that kind of stuff. Cause there's a ton of mystery around that. And there's a lot of like how they built. Um, and yeah, just kind of talk about, about those things. And we'll go in a little bit into like Egypt too, like the, the culture and the civilization, that kind of thing. But it's mainly about the the pyramids and the Sphinx and how those were built, when they were built, why they were built, all kinds of questions. How they were built, really. That's, yeah. that's the biggest one. The biggest question. <laughs> the biggest question. The biggest question of them all. 
Yeah, the biggest question, how they were built. And then another pretty big question is when, which is actually there's... We'll get into it, but it turns out a lot of mainstream science is kind of reconsidering things in that department. So... Um, stay tuned. Yeah, so stay tuned. We're going to get into that. Um, and then... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue coming up with mysteries from there. Eventually, we're going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. Um, we'll eventually do an episode like we were saying earlier about like cryptozoology, you know, that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty more to come here from oh, the mystery there's bros. Definitely, there's, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you have all the mysteries in your head that you will never sleep at night because we're gonna, <laughs> always gonna give you another mystery to think about yes. that's not gonna be unsolved. Yes. we're just gonna throw you another one. Oh, you don't know what's gonna happen. Oh, yep. you're gonna have to live with that one. We're gonna throw you another one. You're gonna we're have to live with. We're always gonna have mysteries. For you. You're at the mystery bros so um yeah thank you guys for listening and uh tune in next week for the egypt episode and uh we're out peace mystery brothers mystery brothers mystery brothers mystery brothers mystery brothers